Welcome back for part two with Allison Manning, where we go over some questions in regards to her own personal hair loss and more about mental health. Hope you enjoy. Those bald chicks are here to slay. Stop what you're doing, plugging and play. Those bald chicks will make your day. So stop what you're doing and say. Those bald chicks. The next question is in regards to your own hair loss. Mm-hmm. What was or currently is the hardest hurdle for you to jump when it comes to your hair loss? Oh, hardest hurdle. Oh, probably confidence was the hardest thing. I've probably talked about this somewhere, I'm sure. But my first breakup was really like the biggest catalyst to me and realizing, oh, I actually have zero self-esteem, mainly mm-hmm. from alopecia. And that's like when I started like, re-getting into the social media stuff again that I started in high school but was like kind of really scared of people's opinions and like people finding and getting bullied so I stopped and then I got to college within a very such an unhealthy relationship purely out of like I thought oh if I'm in a relationship that means I can be worthy with hair loss that you know okay maybe I can be pretty then because someone else likes me Mm -hmm. um and when that relationship went badly that breakup rocked me to the point of like, I was like, oh my God. So they needed someone to like show the me that I had worth. And like, that's not okay. Like I right. need to have worth on my own without anyone else. And so that, what that really showed me like was really, I was like faking it hard for all those years. Like if someone asked me, like if you're felt good about hair loss and you felt confident with it, I would have been like, yeah, of course. Like it's been so long. And until that happened, I was like, oh wait. I was like, oh no, no, you don't. <laughs> I was right. like, you because I you know all the thoughts happen of like no one will ever like me again with hair loss like if I don't try to stay in this relationship and I like went we went back and forth a few times in terms of like getting back together and breaking up because I was like oh I won't find anyone else like I have to make this work because no one else will love me this way and it really was just me not having the the confidence and like steady self-esteem and self-worth that I needed to just know that that wasn't true like I went through the same thing yeah yeah. yeah. It's weird. Cause it was like a, it was a huge comfort. It mm-hmm. was also like, this person knows I have hair loss. So yeah. of course this is the only person that I can be with. Cause if I were to start dating again, mm-hmm. who's going to date me now? You know what I mean? I had that mindset for so long too. And yeah. I realized that I stayed in a relationship that was not for me. And mm-hmm. I stayed for years because mm-hmm. of it. And, oh, yeah, that, that's a hard lesson to learn for sure. I mean, I'm so grateful for it though, because it, it yeah. everything, but I was like, oh, wow. Everything that I thought I knew about myself and that I, the confidence I thought I had, that was all not, not real yet. And that's totally okay. Like sometimes we need an yeah. experience like that to figure out like, oh, there's some deeper work that I need to do. <laughs> and that's totally okay. Sometimes yep. you need that, that kind of rock bottom moment, figure out what is, you know, being masked like by like defense mechanisms or like our brain is always trying to do our best to protect us I always say like symptoms are attempted solutions like you need to take the shame out of like bad versus good coping like it's just coping your body we're just trying to oh yeah it's hard to realize these things because like our brain is doing a real good job of protecting us from that deeper stuff sometimes so yeah confidence that was a journey but I'm I'm glad it all happened the way it did because yeah now I can say I have you know I've truly have confidence now. That's so great. I always think about like alopecia too, as not only was it an experience that I went through, but it taught me a lot that I don't think I would have learned if I didn't have it. 
So right. like appreciating good friendships versus bad, like toxic relationships versus non-toxic relationships. I don't think I would have learned those. Well, maybe years later, but now I know who I want to be around. Like, do you appreciate me? Like, I appreciate you. Like there was a lot of friendships I've had in the past, even when I had hair loss that I kept because I'm like this person I have to keep because who's going to want to be friends with the girl that has hair loss? Who's going to want to go out on the weekend with the girl that has to wear a wig and stuff like that? It was a weird trauma bond, not with them, but (laughs) for my own self. Like I was, I was traumatized and just clinging on to anything and everyone I could. And I've learned so much because of alopecia and I'm grateful for it too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part in when you know you get to sort of the end of like when you're reaching acceptance it's like when you can find all the silver linings and you start being like wow like this has made me such a more empathic understanding yeah that has like more depth to myself than I probably would have had if I had not experienced this 100 percent and once you can like get to that point you know you're kind of on the track of like all right that acceptance it's coming (laughs) yep it's almost like you couldn't tell me years ago that 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 I would feel that way. I would have been like, yeah, right. But yeah. it's so true. There was a moment where it happened. I think it honestly was when I found out that there were so many people online I could talk to where I went, it was a breath of fresh air. And I kind of sat there like, oh my gosh, I finally have people that get it. And it mm-hmm. gives you like a confidence boost knowing that there's people out there rocking their balds and, and mm-hmm. everything like that, that you're like, yeah. oh, I can do this, you know, right. that are married and have good relationships and successful careers. Like, right. yeah, it's incredible to see people with hair loss striving and, and doing a million things and all of them just being successful and out there and bald. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, even right. though I'm still working through some stuff, it gives me confidence in sitting there and being like, I can do this because there's so many people that have done it before me, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Cause it can get hard to get stuck in like, no one will want to be my friend. I'll never find a relationship. I can't be successful. Like people at work won't like want a bald girl, like, and to see other people who, who have those things, it's a good reminder to root us back in reality of like, okay, this is hard. It might cause some bumps, but like I can still have all those things. Absolutely. And it's so lovely to watch other people live their lives as themselves, you know, like, because we know how hard it is to come out of that shell of hiding. There's still days where I hide and there's still days where I don't want to, because let's be honest, wigs are the most uncomfortable (laughs) things ever. And they're so itchy and they're terrible. I went from like in the beginning of my alopecia journey to wearing them, came out about it, told everybody about it, barely wore wigs. I wore beanies sometimes that I went out in public once. And then there was like a regression I dealt with that I'm still kind of trying to get over and Mm -hmm. figure out why it happened, where it kind of came back where it was like, I have areata, so it changes all the time. So when I start losing hair, like all the way in the front, I think that's when my regression came back and I was like, oh, got to wear wigs again, because that is prominent for me to see like mm-hmm. the sides in the back of my head. I can't see like you, you have to do like tricks to look at the back of my head and stuff. So yeah. I think with Ariata, with it changing so much, mm-hmm. that was hard for me. And I was like, oh, time for wigs. Oh, I can get w- rid of wigs again. So that, Absolutely. yeah, that's wild for me to experience. Yeah. And like, sometimes it's not even about like 
you know, sometimes not even framing it as a regression. Like if we're allow, allow ourselves to go through these changes without shaming or judging ourselves, that in itself is a huge win and very in line with acceptance. I think sometimes acceptance, which is, you know, my next, I mean, by the time this comes out, the blog post will be up, but my next blog post is about how acceptance, the view of it is so skewed that like sort of what I was mentioning earlier about like needing to be positive all the time to love yourself. And that's not necessarily true. A lot of people think acceptance means that you have to feel positively about alopecia to have accepted it. And that's not the truth. Um, right. The way you accept anything, but same applies for alopecia, is like letting ourselves have the pain because pain is inevitable, but not like letting the meter turn into suffering, which we turns into suffering by sometimes like this resistance that happens, whether it's unconscious or conscious. And there's so many reasons for it, which can be helpful to like work through with a therapist or someone. But truly acceptance is just like allowing the pain to exist, not grasping for control where we don't have control, but also allowing yourself to have bad days without judging ourselves, like letting yourself go through the ebbs and flows. Right. And so it's totally fine to like go through phases of like you wear a wig again. Yeah. From a therapist perspective, I'd be like, that's great. As long as we're not judging and shaming ourselves, like, right then we know we're like on the right track, right? Because when we start judging and shaming ourselves, that's when we turn that like pain meter into more of like, turn it up to more of a suffering side than it is yeah. pain. And so sometimes I, you know, I'm always talking about that with my clients as well, like allowing pain to exist in the practice of not turning it into suffering becomes I think really key with alopecia in the beginning. So hard because you almost- oh to go through that suffering a little bit in the beginning like it's impossible not to get stuck in like that that kind of like wallowing and like how oh yeah so like part of it is we need to experience that at first and then at a certain point you're like all right I gotta do something about it (laughs) and then that's when we start kind of working on the skills of like how can I allow this pain to exist without judging myself without pushing myself over into the edge of suffering and just you know allowing things to happen doing my best to deal and kind of going through the ebbs and flows because like there's so much unknown in alopecia and that's often like the biggest factor in what creates so many of the mental health issues with it and almost like getting comfortable with the unknowns is so hard and takes so much practice but that's kind of what it's all about so like I don't even think it's it's not a regression (laughs) that you wore wigs like (laughs) you're just like going through it like right yourself go through the motions of like what feels best at each moment for you and like you know, tackling it as it comes, which is what it's all about. Like we can't really predict anything. We kind of got to have to go moment by moment and be mindful in each moment as we are experiencing it. That's um, very true. For the longest time, I thought that's so true because I love to feel comfortable. So mm-hmm. when where I feel comfortable, I'll enjoy whatever I'm doing way more if I'm comfortable in that environment. And that applies past hair loss. That's just people I'm with, the people yeah. I'm around, et cetera. So I've noticed that when it comes to my hair loss, if I feel most comfortable in a wig or if Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I want people to, because if you wear like a crazy color, like red, like this is like two different colors, people are tend to say stuff. Oh, I like your hair. (laughs) And I'm like, do I even want to deal with that? So I'll put on like a very neutral color. (laughs) You know what I mean? So yeah. And that I don't the capacity question too, right? Like, and like we're allowed if we don't have the capacity to deal with that like choosing a different color for that day or wearing a wig or whatever it is like and there's no shame in that and it doesn't mean that you can't have acceptance with that because we're all swimming in the water of beauty standards and diet yeah. culture. 
can't get rid of that. We just have to do the best we can within it. And it would be so unreasonable to have these expectations on ourselves that we have to just ignore all that and like not think about it, which Absolutely. is why just like, you know, we can do all these things and do what we need to do to feel comfortable, depending on like what our capacity is to handle it. Yeah. Build up our skills to tolerate some of the distress, but it doesn't mean that I think sometimes it's like you have to just go out however you are not cover anything and that and that's how it has to be if you want to have acceptance and that's not true right. <laughs> like you could do whatever we need to do to deal with the day-to-day we just wouldn't take the shame and judgment off ourselves because yep. that's gets that's where we start bringing in some more you know suffering into the into the picture more than we need absolutely <laughs> I think that's a huge aspect and also really hard for me when I first came into the community it was like so eye-opening, but I caught myself also comparing like, oh, I'm not far enough in my journey to be friends with these people, to go out or maybe meet these people in person. Like I'm not yeah, I'm not far enough in my journey. So that was a weird hurdle for me to get over. I was like, whoa, you can't compare yourself because mm-hmm. some of the people that you're seeing that you're talking to online could have had alopecia 10 years prior to what like what you got diagnosed with. So they could be way more open and way more honest and authentic (laughs) and everything. And it's like, I had to stop myself from being like, no, you, you're good. The way, like you can wear wigs, you could do this. It's your own life. So that comparing was like a hard thing for me to get over too. Right. And that's, you know, a lot of my clients are just people I talk to are navigating of like, that comparison of like, I don't know what feels authentic to me because I am viewing it through, through the lens of like how I see other people. So like, sure. does it have to be bald? Maybe I want to, but like they, it's hard for them to decipher at first, like what feels authentic to them? Because at first it's a lot of like the comparison, like you're saying of like, oh, do I have to be like her and just never wear a wig or like her and like wear wigs just whenever I feel like it. And it's really so individualized and you're right. Absolutely. It, not to compare. Um, yeah. And I always like to, point out like it took me over 15 years like yes I never wore wigs but like it still took me 15 plus years to like want to be involved in the community and to like find real acceptance and real confidence and I know I always like to bring it up every so often on my page because I know people who look at my page now I just think like oh she's probably been like this forever and that's like not not sure at all it took such a long there should be no no timeline on it but you're right. It, it gets hard to compare. And I think the comparison comes in a lot because people are trying to figure out like what feels true to them. And, you know, the hard part is we don't figure it out until like trial and error process for ourselves of like what feels most comfortable and authentic to us. And we're allowed to have that trial and error process. I feel like we get stuck on needing getting needing to get it right on the first try, but I don't know anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like no Whoever one- they are, they're one of those special people because that's wild right I, I can't imagine being like all right yep I have alopecia and then just mental health go great <laughs> everything right, like great. yeah I feel good balls let me just rock it like I've not I've not met anyone who's like on the first try to just figure it out like what feels best for them I think that's where the comparison gets difficult because there's so yeah. many routes that like acceptance looks like with hair loss it's not one way even right. though you no know, society you're like people might try to paint it that way it really at its core acceptance is just like allowing the good and bad days without judgment or shame on ourselves letting yep. go of control of what we don't have control over and taking things as they come in a very mindful way and other than that it can look however it wants. Wigs, no wigs, eyebrows, no eyebrows, lashes, no lashes, eyeliner. Like there's so many versions of, of what Absolutely. it Absolutely. Yeah. So 
you're right. The comparison is hard. And I think that's it's hard. Yeah. And it was so weird for me too. Cause I'm like, I'm comparing myself to people in the community, like that have hair loss. And that felt weird to me because I was mm-hmm. so used to before that comparing myself to people that didn't have hair loss. Yeah. So that was a weird thing where I'm like, how, why am I comparing myself to people in the community? Like they're part of mm-hmm. my community. <laughs> so that was a bizarre thing for me to work through, but here I am. I eventually got over it and I was like, oh, I'll just do what makes me comfortable. So I have a couple more questions for you. Have you faced any challenges in your professional or personal life when it comes to your hair loss? Just because you're, you know, you're a therapist that works with people with hair loss, but have you come across any challenges with that in your profession? So it's interesting because majority of the time people will know that I don't have hair prior to speaking with me rather because they saw me through like a referral platform like psychology today and so like they reached out and already saw my photo so like they already know (laughs) or you know if they're coming through a referral from our practice like we always send them our website link with our stuff our bios and so in that regard not necessarily I will say that I I think it makes me look a lot younger. And so I think in that way, people are always, I get a lot of questions about my age and I have Mm -hmm. to be like, you know, work on through those things. And then that work through it myself too, being like, I feel like, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. I'm going to have a baby face for like most of my life. Um, And part of that, like, I think the lack of hair has like, I don't know, made my skin smoother or something. I don't know. And also just like, I think the, not the eyebrows, like it just gives me a younger face look. And so in that way, yes, indirectly employment wise, luckily, no, I think it's mainly because this space I'm in and where I am also in the country, like New York city is like where the practice I work is based out of. Um, And so obviously there, and it's like a practice that specializes in body image. And I the best people ever and like there's such we have like yeah. such a big, like social justice component of like what we do at our practice where we like are I'll give them a shout out my body positive home is like our social justice component body positive therapy is the name of the practice but it, okay. they're so great about talking about inclusivity and body size and body diversity and like all aspects that like I love it um it ended up being more of an asset than it ever was an issue me having alopecia that's so great I, yeah, I think, you know, part of it is I've just got lucky with the people I've met and been connected with in that way. So thankfully, no, I've not run into issues other than people thinking I'm like a 16-year-old. <laughs> really? Well, they haven't said that, but I, you know. You can feel it. You can sense right. it. Yeah. yeah, not from like clients. But like I have people like in my day-to-day think that I'm a teenager, not like necessarily that in my workplace that people said that to me but like when people guess my age like randomly they'll think I'm like in my teens so (laughs) so it's just funny to me but like you know whatever and any every other aspect of my life that is a benefit minus my work because obviously I want to be taken seriously and not you know so I had to remind people like trust me I went through all the schooling and I took all the (laughs) I have all like I have certifications I got it all I didn't didn't scam my way into my job as a teenager (laughs) (laughs) right so yeah, that's really been the only, only downside. <laughs> what about uh, personally? Any challenges personally? I know you said dating oh. a little bit. Yeah, socially, I've always been someone who's had probably higher social anxiety. And the it's an interesting balance because I definitely consider myself like an introverted extrovert, like probably 60% introvert, 40% extrovert. So like in some ways, like I just like my own space. I like 
Yeah. I need like a full day to myself each week. Like I'm not like a go out type of person, but balancing that also with making sure I'm not isolating myself. And so that has been something that I've had to like learn for myself of like, you know, sometimes it's because I genuinely don't want to. And other oh, times yeah. because I am anxious about going into a new space of people that don't know me and wondering like how that is going to be. Are they going to make comments? Are they going to stare? Am I going to be accepted? Will I not be? That has been a, a piece that I, I think it that one's a bit ongoing. But at this point, when you get to adulthood, I feel like you have your circle of people that you trust. And, you know, so that's good. But in college and high school, that was really difficult for me, um, feeling left out and not really having a group of friends, yeah, which is but... so important. I like never had a group. And that was probably the hardest part for me in high school, like just having like scattered friends here or there and then being like, what's different about me than everyone else? And why does everyone else have a group and not me? And so it's really hard at that age not to like think like, oh, people don't want to be friends with me because I don't have hair. And that's like not cool. So that has been one of the, you know, challenges. Dating wise, I'm at a place where I think it used to be a bigger challenge. And now I'm like, the saying I've been saying to myself is I want someone just as rare as I am. Mm. And framing it that way has really kind of taken the pressure off of really feeling like I have to blame anything on my hair loss or, or, you know, whatever, whatever thoughts that go through my head. I'm like, no, it's allowed. I'm allowed to take time with this. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, sure, it's an obstacle. Sure, not some guys are not going to like me because of the sole reason I don't have hair. Like, absolutely. But not everyone. And like, I only need one person to like me this way. I don't need the whole world to like me this way. And so however long it takes to find someone who is just as rare as me and who is that match, then I love uh, that. Yeah. So it's like a challenge, but it's also not in a way. Like, I feel like Sometimes it's hard not to compare like, oh, I feel like my friends have more dates or more people liking them. Like, right. That part is difficult. But at the same time, and I'm like, well, I don't need that many people. Like when I find that person, like it will be that person. In some ways it filters out like going through more shitty people. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Like you're like, okay, now I know you, it almost teaches you what to like red flags of definitely not people just nope, not even going to meet this person. So that's interesting. When I got out of my last relationship where I was like, wow, I'm definitely in this relationship because of my own stuff and hair loss was being one of them. Mm -hmm. I had such a hard time dating my now husband Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And I was so distant. I was like, I'm, I just got out of like a five-year relationship. I I don't want to date. Even though I was like, oh my God, this guy is great. I'm so in love with him. I said to myself, yeah, but if you fall in love with him, and tell him you have hair loss, he's probably not going to love you. So I kept it from him for so long. And then I don't know, I often go back on this and I'm like, should I have told him right away? Because like, what if that was in my way, like trapping him to like fall in love with me. And then it was like, oh, just by the way, I got hair loss. I don't, I don't want to say that I think about that often, but sometimes it does come up where I'm like, man, should I have told him right away when we were dating? Or was it smart for me to wait eight months? I don't know how I did it, but he's honestly shocked of how I hid it from him. (laughs) But when I did tell him, he was like, oh, okay, it's whatever. And I often think, is it because you knew me so well? It was eight months of us dating, you know? So there I go (laughs) doing the what ifs again. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so hard. I have people talk to me about this too, of like, when do I tell them? How do I tell them? 
Right. And it's so individualized because like with any other, like we don't go up to someone being like, do you have diabetes? Like, it, right. Like it's like, <laughs> because it's a visible thing, we feel like inclined to like owe people explanations, but it's yeah. hard like in a way like we do and in a way we don't when it comes to dating. Obviously, we want the person we're with to accept that about us because it's part of us, but yeah. not all of us. And so we want them to also be able to see the other parts of us too. And so, you know, I think it's it's complex right, to figure out like what the balance is of feeling like you want to tell them because you want them to accept it. And like that's a big piece of knowing if it's your person or not. And also being allowed to keep it to yourself to an extent because you don't really owe anyone anything. an explanation or a reason. Right. Or if you're not comfortable explaining it yet, then you don't have to say anything. So it definitely is, right. is a balance. But yeah, it is hard because when it's visible, it's like we feel like we like owe people something. Absolutely. The last question that I have, and then I'm going to ask you also about resources. But uh, the last question I have for you is what is one piece of advice that you would want to give someone new to hair loss or possibly in like a dark point right now, or even like feeling like they're regressing or feeling like they accepted it. And then they're going back on that and kind of like what's going on with me a little bit. That it's not weak to ask for help. I think there's a weird perception that like hair loss has to be dealt with alone and in secret because it's told it's just hair it's just a cosmetic issue just like get over it or like even sometimes people paint it as like a some sort of failing of ourselves like you just ate better if you just were less like you could grow your hair back and so they think it's almost like this like personal thing that like we can't tell people about because there's so much shame around it Mm -hmm. um all these things are not not true (laughs) you're allowed to get help um it's not weak it's really brave to ask for help so yeah, if you're finding yourself in, in a spot like that and you're, you know, don't know where to turn. Well, I guess that leads into our, our resources. There's yep, that le- please, <laughs> all the resources you have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so obviously there's there's my business where I've tried to like load up with as much as possible. I have my free peer support group that meets once per month. Oh, um, nice. Very chill group meets the first Saturday of each month. It's peer support, not professional support. And yeah, it's just a group of people with hair loss. I have my journals. If you're not feeling ready yet to like really talk to anyone about it, because I know we've all been in that space where we're not ready to meet people yet or communicate. We're just still like in our own space of processing. Um, I have three different therapeutic journals. One is hair loss specific, the hair loss diary. And then two are general, but they still have therapeutic activities and tools in them. The authentically you journal and the perfectly imperfect journal. Um, And I have like a little quiz on my website that can help you like match you oh, with great I'll put all of these links in the description too for people to to find hey. because I think you are like you and yourself being yeah. an incredible resource for people in the hair loss community so I will make sure that I like put all of this in regards to people finding a, a therapist obviously yeah that's- <laughs> so how would they go about like talking to you about being their therapist if that was an option for sure. That is the third resource of my business um, <laughs> where if you're, so if you're looking for me to be your therapist, you have to be located in New York, but I also start offering, offering coaching through my business for people with hair loss. And I can 
work with you for coaching. If you're anywhere in the world, I just say that if you have higher risk mental health concerns, which is also something we can talk about in our intro call, if you're not sure if you're like on that line, you know, coaching is not suitable for high risk concerns, like active eating disorder, substance use, psychosis, suicidal ideation. Like if that is at play, you will need like an additional component than just coaching, but okay. obviously I can help with the hair loss piece. So if you're outside of New York and there's like a higher risk concern, you can still work with me as your coach, but we can't you know, coaching is not for treating and diagnosing mental illness for therapy. You can do that, but the benefit of coaching is you can be anywhere and I can work with you. Um, So on my website, I have both links to contact me for either therapy or coaching. And I offer free intro calls for both. Yeah. In, in any of the links that you put, it'll be there, but I'll have you send me everything that you want to put, because I know you have a bunch of different resources that I probably don't even know about too, but awesome. I think you're great. You're (laughs) honestly so knowledgeable. And I've also learned a lot from you in regards to working through my own stuff, my day-to-day alopecia and my day-to-day hair loss and thoughts and everything. You gave a completely different perspective than just a couple of friends on here talking. And I, I love that professional aspect that you brought to this conversation. So thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate it. And I feel honored to to be one of your final guests here because you guys have done so much good for this community. And so oh, thanks. I hope you guys, you know, I hope you can recognize that too. Like you have been an incredible resource for people with alopecia too. And this podcast has been an incredible thing for our community. So you guys have done, you've done a lot of good and I hope you can recognize that. That's going to make me cry. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that so much. I know I remember when Kristen came to me about this, I remember sitting there and being like, man, I'm brand new to alopecia. Like, should I really be one of the people that post mm-hmm. this? Because I was so new of talking about it and being public about it. But she's like, yeah, let's do it. And um, I've had a well, blast. made you that much more relatable and like that much more successful in being and having people be able to like relate to what you were saying. So right. I guess it's a good point for like, if you're new in your journey and you're questioning, like, do I have something like valuable to bring to this? Like, is it too early for me to like connect or want to do something about it? No. Cause like Paige and Kristen were out here, like doing the thing. (laughs) When we just told people publicly about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That was a big step. I, I still think about that where I'm like, wow, how did I even do that? (laughs) That was so wild. But I think it was also knowing that there were so many people that supported it. And I knew that there was a community that stood behind us, like everybody that listens every time we post a new episode. And I was sitting there like, this is incredible. I met people that I loved. I like I've gotten friendships out of it. I've learned so much valuable information in regards to my own mental health. Like you just taught me a million things that I should probably start doing. Like it's just it's incredible when you talk to so many people. There's Mm -hmm. so many doors that are open. So, yeah, it's been great. So thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, you guys, you guys, you, you deserve the last round of applause. because you've been <laughs> <happening great too. laughs> Thank you. Um, and you guys know the end of this, uh, which is so weird that this will be my last like goodbye on this. But uh, thank you again for coming on. And it is so great for you guys to listen. I obviously have an episode going out on February 18th uh, about my final goodbye. But this is the last alopecia episode for guest series so there's no really like bald pack out or you can contact us because you won't be able to (laughs) i mean you you still can but yeah so i mean i guess until not next time guys bald pack out